Welcome, all the affiliated listeners. Today, through all the giggles prior to us recording this call, we are super excited, Thomas and I, to be with you and have a really exciting conversation because all of them are stimulating, exciting, tantalizing even. Um, But today, our tantalizing conversation is going to be around the power of split testing with affiliates and how that changes not only your affiliate business, but your business Mm. as a whole. So this is really where we're going to really, I think this is kind of unlocking what an affiliate traffic channel could do for you more than any other traffic channel out there. This is wholly unique in my opinion, um, which matters a lot and not really, but (laughs) to me, (laughs) Um, no one else, Uh, but, but really could unlock in in a unique way um, the affiliate traffic channel than anything else out there. So I'm super excited to talk about it and jump into that. So, but first, how are you doing today, Thomas? I'm doing great. No, except for this topic, it's one that I think we think about a lot, but I don't think a lot of other people do because we're nerdy on this stuff. But yeah, it's one of those like, yeah, like I said, it's untapped. It's one of these things that people don't think about and they realize the power of it and what other brands can do and are doing with it and how they can employ it. And it's like, well, okay. Yeah. This makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So you might be thinking, what is it? What, what is it? Tell, t- what is it? What's in the box? <laughs> right. So uh, what, what we're going to be discussing today is the power of optimization or split testing with affiliates. So, um, you know, that that's what it is, but it means a lot more than the words that just came out of mouth and we're going to go in more some, some detail. Before we jump into that though, I think one thing I want to touch base on is we're going to be talking about with the idea that you already have at least optimized to know that your offer is ready for affiliates somewhat, mm-hmm. at least to have them start testing. Um, and that's super critical, but that's a slightly different process that we're going to be discussing today. There's some similarities, but but it's a little bit different. So um, just to kick things off, Thomas, why don't you talk a little bit, just very briefly, we'll both kind of mention it though. What are some steps you need to take to make sure that your offer is ready for affiliates if you're not even there and you're listening to this podcast? Yeah, I mean, A, test it right to the coldest traffic that you have access to. If it's not your own traffic, like with ad spend you're doing yourself, um, you know, you can do list rentals. You can kind of go out there and kind of buy traffic or you can work with affiliates on a guaranteed cost per click or kind of guaranteed other way. They're just basically going to pay them X dollars for Y thing that's not sales to kind of take that risk off. And I'd really point people, we did a great interview with Amber Spears all about this, right? Like why affiliates don't want to test new offers, how you can convince them to, how you can negotiate around some of that stuff, how you can get test traffic from affiliates if it is unproven, pros and cons of that and kind of how to go around that. So I'd really recommend checking out that Amber Spears podcast. It's, it was, I think, 10 or so episodes ago when we did it. I don't know if we can link to show notes, but I'm going to say we will. So our production team can handle yeah. that. But <laughs> thanks, Jake. Yeah, we will. Or you've just looked down <laughs> yeah. in the show notes and seen that it's not there. Yeah, so, great. but that's fine. Uh, that's, so that's your problem. So I'd say, you know, yeah, lots of ways to test and a new offer, quote unquote, which if you've not done a direct response offer before, it's going to be new. But yeah, get it tested. And then once it is testing, here's how you can go split test things and have a ton of fun with that. Yeah, yeah, and we're gonna jump into that. Just one quick thing on that. First, the episode's amazing. It's gonna give you all the information that you need. Um, But one thing I I think a good preface for this too is, it's good to have a mindset if you don't already have an in-house list and you're trying to create an affiliate channel, in-house email list, or your own in-house media buying team, um, you're gonna have to spend some money most likely to get some testing done. Um, it yeah. just, just in general, prepare for that. Um, and that's okay, it's not a bad thing. If you can't spend money, you know, it's, yeah, you, you, there's some the, other ways it's gonna be a lot harder, so. Um, yeah, one of the big things we touch on in that podcast with Amber, not to spoil all of it, but it's like a lot of new people that are new to affiliates get frustrated, they go, why don't these affiliates want to test my offer? There's no risk to them, right? There's all they can do is make money. <laughs> and what they forget is that affiliates are running a business. Their business is making revenue off commissions. 
And if they send traffic to your offer versus another offer they could have sent traffic to that would have performed better or is proven to convert better and perform better and pay them better, they've lost out on that opportunity cost, Mm -hmm. right? So it's like you're trying to overcome that objection when you're working with affiliates for the first time. Yeah, which transitions perfectly into a continued theme that's important to remember as we go into optimizing or split testing with affiliates. Because you always have to remember that you messing around with your offer could be messing around with their income, right? Not yeah. just yours. So it's important to I kind of remember you this. That. Like, I don't know if it's a tangent. I think it's applicable. But like, do you, I, I used to think that, oh, no, you shouldn't split test like a affiliate offer when affiliates are sending traffic to it because you might break something and like it won't perform as well. But I've learned that's completely wrong. But like, what's your approach with new clients who are like, are trying to figure out how they should split test an actual offer the filter sending traffic to. Yeah, well, I, I one, I don't think it's something you should shy away from. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes you might lower your percentages on your split test, do more of like a 60-40 split, so it might take longer. Um, but but it kind of, I think it depends on the affiliates you're working with. The other thing I always like to tell people is, is you should be telling your top affiliates if you're doing a dramatic split test and they have a send coming up, if they're running traffic, let them know mm-hmm. that you're doing it. So if they see something weird, they could give you some feedback and they'll be, but here's the thing, like they like to see that you're split testing the offer because they, they're going to hope that most times it's going to improve, right? <laughs> yeah, no. And they've seen some success already. Um, but the other thing too is you're going to get a lot of traffic from your long tail affiliates that probably won't know the difference of anything that's going on. So it's totally okay to split test against that traffic. But for your select partners, just let them know if you're doing a dramatic split test. If it's pretty minor, you know, but if you're going to do like an entirely new headline <laughs> or we're testing a new intro for our VSL, some big affiliates might not be interested in you doing that, especially if say they're running media or if they, they know you're doing it and it's not working, they see it like they could work with you and maybe structure that split test with them. So they're not going to be hurt and offended. I think yeah. the biggest thing there is just communicate um, if it's going to be a big change. Minor stuff, it's not really that big of an issue. Yeah, I've, been, I've seen people sell it too in a way, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's like, Hey, that we have a contest coming up. It's going to be great. We're going to be split testing through the whole time to make sure we're maximizing conversions through the whole contest and make sure you keep mailing or keep sending throughout the entire launch period or whatever it is. So they kind of bake it into like, mm-hmm. yeah, we're obviously split testing and it's a good thing. So, well, and <laughs> yeah. we're going to cover this a little bit later, but you can use split testing and optimization as a leverage point yeah. with select affiliates, especially if they're media buying affiliates, but we'll jump into that a little bit later. So um, open loop. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Before, (laughs) so kind of circling back, what I want to kind of talk to is, is one of the reasons why I think affiliates are such an amazing optimization source, especially for people that aren't using direct response. They're not in performance marketing. And, And one of the biggest reasons why is the mindset and the difference in terms of these companies um, that, that we often see. And what I mean by that is there's a lot of great products. There's a lot of great offers out there. There's a lot of great businesses that have built their entire plan and their entire marketing strategy on this idea of existing where their customers are in a given point in time. So what I mean by that is, um, you know, the idea is like I'm selling goat fences, right? I It's a, it's a pr- way to produce goats and fence them in properly. So that means I'm going to have to make my whole marketing business efforts are going to be, can I be placed at the point that goat farmers are asking about fences, right? So it's a lot of- Far down the funnel, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. really far down the funnel. I'm not like looking to segment and create goat farmers. I'm not trying to, none of that, right? I have to find this narrow audience and just live where they live. I want to be the, the gum at the store when someone realizes they're about to talk to, 
you know, this is very COVID related. Uh, they're about to talk to a, a cashier and they're like, I didn't brush my teeth. I better buy some gum and ingest that real fast, right? So that's why something like that would be there. It's right at the point of the concern. Um, but that limits your marketing so much. As soon as you try and go out to cold audiences, people that don't have all those layers, you're incapable of getting conversion. And these businesses don't always understand that, but affiliates are your coldest audiences. It's all about creating that interaction of just pain. I have generalized pain. I might be somebody that doesn't even know about goats, yeah. right? And now you're not offering, for, for that same example, I'm just somebody that's looking for a change in my life, to be more self-sustaining. And so if I could take in direct response, a funnel or marketing that's going to go, are you looking for something new? Are you really want to get in touch with the earth? Well, guess what? I have a plan for you. And it's all about how to become a goat farmer, right? <laughs> and guess what? We have a fence. Like now we yeah. have a real offer that takes somebody from aspiration to problem identification to solution in one day, in one moment, in a matter of an hour versus you know, months and months and 14 months and months. touch points of remarketing. Yeah, and <laughs> hoping that I could get that yeah. person to be either dropping off or ready to commit, so, right? So just very, very different marketing. But I think that that change and shift is really powerful in businesses because it really makes them ask, what's the problem that we're solving? Like lots of times it's like, well, let's keep goats in a thing. Well, no, 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 no. It's deeper than that. Why are they even goat farmers? What are they doing? What are you, like you really have to challenge yourself to get down to a core broad problem to address impact and then convert and solve. So I think that's that's amazing marketing. That's marketing that's worked for hundreds of years and all sorts of different capacities, even beyond business. Um, you know, it's it's really powerful stuff. Um, but but oftentimes business having gone through the exercise to identify that in this process is going to force that issue, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, no, I think you're exactly right. You're kind of talking a lot about, you know, offer creation, right? Mm -hmm. You've got a product A, you don't necessarily have an offer that resonates well to a cold audience. And just a clarifying point for an audience here is that, yes, like you might be thinking, I thought affiliates have warm audiences, right? They have engaged email lists, they have engaged following and like whatever it might be. It's like, yeah, that audience might be warm to that affiliate's voice, but they're very cold to your offer and your brand and your presence, right? So it's like bridging that gap and that's how you can do it is with your problem solution kind of offering we're talking about here versus I have a product. Yeah, and I think one thing to remember too, a lot of people see affiliates and they just think that it's like Joe Rogan, right? They're gonna have a podcast that's dedicated around, you know, a three hour podcast that's dedicated around your product. <laughs> there might be some affiliates out sure, there that yeah. do that, that that does exist, but that is not as scalable as you might think. Yeah. Um, and there's not as many of them as you might think that you could easily access. And you definitely can't easily access Joe Rogan. So, um, you know, so, so that's one of those things. Most of it is, like you said, somebody has bought something, they're engaging with a list, but their relationship to you and the offer is is yeah, non-existent. So, so, okay, we're tapping into a colder audiences now mm -hmm. with affiliates. How does that resonate to split testing across the rest of their marketing efforts? Yeah, and so that's a great question. Well, the reason I wanted to kind of talk about that mindset is first, the biggest part is when you start shifting and thinking about that, it changes the way that you could reflect on all your acquisition mindset. So let's go with this weird goat example. I don't know why I've started with this, but I'm gonna commit <laughs> and follow it through. So so as we, we think about this, if you had a business where maybe you were just saying, okay, well, we're gonna go market this way and we're marketing to highly specialized you know, goat fences. Um, well, now as we're starting to think about colder audiences and we see with certain affiliates, when we did, we'll do the aspirational goat farmer, 
it worked really well for them. We saw huge conversions. And now I could go back and say, hey, what if we take this and instead of just having affiliates do it, we inject certain parts of that into our own marketing. And so instead of just saying, you know, blah, blah, blah and, and listing a bunch of features to people that want just a goat fence, we're now going a layer before to people that are just farmers and they're looking for a new business opportunity. And so it's like, hey, goats are really profitable. Maybe that's our thing. It's like, look at all the money you could be making with your goats, which I'm going to tell you guys right now, I don't know anything about goat farming. I don't know if that's <laughs> some goat farmer that happens to be listening. You like, a very like oh, specific what a niche. I know, I don't yeah. know why. I've really locked myself in a bad example, but I'm going to dig my way out of it. Um, <laughs> so, but but that you can now start applying that to your other channels and omni-channel. It doesn't have to necessarily be the same, but you just learned, you know, wow, this could actually convert to yeah. these affiliate audiences. Now I could take that in my business and spit it out and grow my Venn diagram of an audience I have access to. Yeah, no, that's what I love about this topic is that because you start multiplying that across the dozens, hundreds, thousands of affiliates that you might be working with on a scaled campaign, and you start to get tapped into all types of audiences and demographics you might not know have converted to different messages, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, you might think, oh yeah, we convert really well with men over 40 who lean right or something like that, right? And it's like, okay, but now you're finding that, oh, this marketing message actually did really well with this affiliate's email list that's predominantly women over 30, right? So it's like, huh, <laughs> why is that? Like, what's wrong with, not maybe not what's wrong, but why haven't we tested that message on this channel over here and does it do the same or perform well and just opens up all these what if scenarios across all your marketing efforts that you now start to you know if you're making half point gains on your other paid channels because of your affiliate efforts that's a big lever at scale right yeah so and that's just a small example of what might happen there well i have a, a really good example of um a business that was able to see that with it was in bizop and specifically what happened is I had a, a client that had a men's dating list. So they were talking about lots sure. of men's related offers. And one day on just a lark, they're like, hmm, I'm going to try this BizOp offer. They had no reason to why. They're just like, eh, you know, whatever. It, Men yeah. need to make money. It converted better than even their men's dating offers yeah. that they had. And it completely changed not only that affiliates business, but then going to that BizOp guy, I'm like, dude, this is a dating list. How are, are you targeting anybody in that demographic? And they weren't even touching it. Yeah. So now you opened up an entirely new vertical that converts incredibly well. And then you back into, you're like, you know, that does make a lot of sense that people are trying to get women. They, they probably assume that having more money Would is going to make that. them, yeah, make it, make <laughs> them more likely to do so. And now if I can make money sitting on a couch or whatever, right? Like it just fits so perfect. And, um, and yeah, people the pattern interrupt too yeah. of that. If you're a, you know, if you have this guy with a dating list and he's only mailing dating offers day in, day out, mm -hmm. like, and all of a sudden, oh, something different, <laughs> right? Like, how much more is that going to stand out on someone, to the consumer there? Right? What I would think, too, yeah. like, now I could look at my, like, paid search options mm -hmm. and certain keywords, and I could think about them a little bit differently, yeah. right? Like, I could do some Google search content, ads. Right? Yeah. yeah, I could do mm -hmm. some Google search ads, like... Why is, um, you know, why, why do online entrepreneurs or like online marketers, like get more women than any other industry? You thought it was lawyers, doctors. No, it's online marketers. Like, oh man, you right. That's now a blog article that I would definitely SEO and push in for my biz op thing. Because I already know that those things correlate, which otherwise I wouldn't have known if it wasn't for affiliates and somebody taking a chance and being like, oh, this is cool. Yeah. So why this is just so powerful. It's really hard to stumble on that sometimes in our paid standard media efforts yeah and what you stumbled onto there too is a misconception i see people who aren't used to affiliates have right they think oh my perfect affiliate is this kind of person with this audience 
And what we've seen over the years, what you're kind of describing is that affiliates are willing to test different types of offers to their list because they're realizing that exact example you just showed that, oh, just because I have a health and fitness list doesn't mean they only want health and fitness stuff all the time. Humans are multidimensional, multiple interests, lots of things going on in their life, right? You can, affiliates are getting more and more open to testing different types of offers. Granted, convincing someone with a big health and fitness list to mail a goat farming offer might be a harder <laughs> but with the right hook who knows right so i can figure it out yeah i'm sure we can yeah <laughs> you're like challenge accepted yes <laughs> yes exactly it's all about the self-sustaining farm <laughs> yeah so you might be surprised and going oh i thought my perfect affiliate was a but really it might it might still be a but b and c are also excellent choices to go after yeah. and chase and try to win traffic from and then who knows what comes from that yeah, yeah. which i didn't say and this is we'll just shamelessly plug our own company that's why having an affiliate marketplace you're working with that's robust is so so advantageous for you. If you are only if you're managing your own affiliate program, it's only going to be the affiliates that you know, right? Yeah, and yeah. realists or people that maybe engage with your product and they kind of go find that way, right? But in the marketplace, they could see that an offer is doing well, and then it, it's now an affiliate taking a chance on an audience that they might know that this stuff works out with, and you're better for it. You didn't even take a risk; somebody else took a risk, and you just said, "Hey, who's that person? Hey, what mm -hmm. did they do? That did really well." And then you find out later, oh. This is a, an opportunity I never would have thought about. So, you know, that that's just one piece that's really, really valuable about an affiliate channel that's very different is you could get things like that that can materially change your business. Yeah. No, I, I, why not get the most juice for the squeeze if you're yeah. going to be recruiting affiliates anyway, right? So get listed in a marketplace where affiliates are going to find offers to promote. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so let's break it down a little bit more and talk about how so, okay, we, we're going to be putting offers out there. We're going to find cool stuff, but in actually split testing and going about and trying to adjust the offers, not only yeah. can we kind of extract that out to our own business, but but how do you go about doing it? So well, what do you normally tell clients or what do you see, what have you done when it comes to split testing? Yeah, so I kind of look at a common example I see is someone who's like an e-com seller and they've got their e-com shop and they've got their products and it's converting fine with their traffic and like their kind of their paid media and stuff, but it doesn't convert great for truly cold audiences because they don't have that offer you're describing at the beginning, right? The pain point solution, direct response style offer. My pitch to them and what I've seen work and what we've seen multiple brands do with this is they take and they build out, they invest the time and resources to build out a direct response offer. They get it tested, they get it converting, they get it working, and they start bringing those hooks in. They go, okay, well, this message is really working with these affiliates here. Let's start bringing some of this direct response style, even you know how they're presenting the offer. How can we change our product page and our e-com store to present the offer differently? It might even just be bundling the products differently, right? And that could have a huge lift on average order value. Mm -hmm. And now all of a sudden you're way more profitable on your front end return on ad spend, right? Um, but it could be, okay, the, this emotional message or this hook or this headline is really working. Do our landing pages have this? Does our homepage have this? Do, do our influencer campaigns that we're sending, asking our influencers to push, does those have it? Why not, if not? And let's start sprinkling it in. Maybe it's not as aggressive copy as like an email affiliate's pushing because you don't want that across all of your, you know, your homepage and things like that. But there's probably pieces of that you can still tap into in a very natural and kind of healthy way. And you can start sprinkling that in. And if that's working, great, keep doing, keep adding more. And you're gonna see your marketing efforts start converting way better across all your channels. So it's it's like taking the pieces that you think are the biggest pieces of that. And my experience on e-com, it's usually how they're presenting the offer, translates one-to-one -to, -one to how they can present offers on their product pages. Start there. Is that having increase in AOV, increase in conversions? If it's not, why not? And trying to really peel that back. 
Now let's take the copy piece as the headline, the hooks. How do we start layering that into the product pages? And now the product pages starting to look more like an offer, like a direct response lander almost, but it's still a product page that someone's gonna navigate to naturally. It's just gonna convert a lot better. Yeah, yeah, because I'll tell you, headlines are fantastic to alter and put on the top of product pages. Yeah. Um, you'll, you'll see big lifts and conversions and take rates on a product page for an e-com store just by taking that direct response thing, you know, works and going, yeah, and popping right on over there. So, no, I, I think that's fantastic, and definitely is a, a you know the whole you know rising tide lifts all ships. I'm pretty sure I butchered that. I don't know. I feel like I didn't say that right. I think that was close. Okay. Rising tide lifts all boats. <laughs> Something. <laughs> gosh, it just makes me feel like an old person. Like ah, I'm going to butcher this quote right now. Um, <clears throat> but so so no, I think that's a, a huge piece, especially for any ecom brands out there. Just realize that this isn't just a traffic channel that's going to be good for acquisition. It's going to be a traffic channel that's going to raise all of your conversions across your business, if you let it, but you have to be strategic and think about it that way and inject back those strategies and those lessons. So one of the other things that's really, really valuable and I really love about affiliate traffic, I think is super unique, is the fact that an affiliate channel is a channel of channels, right? So you work with affiliates, but they might work with email, they might work with TikTok, they might oh, work with native, mean. they might work with all these yeah. different traffic channels that you don't wanna touch or you never have touched. Um, so that could be great, but oftentimes, that means your offer doesn't necessarily work for that traffic channel. Ideally, it's not perfect. Um, so one of the big things is working with affiliates to make sure that you could even optimize an offer, especially if it's a different traffic channel. So when you're working with clients, how do you have them go about you know, interacting or engaging with, say, we'll use a native um, affiliate um, to, to kind of work with them and make that traffic channel successful through the affiliate channel? Yeah. So, I mean, for me, it's going, okay, this is getting some traction because like, if it's not converting at all, it's kind of hard to have that conversation with somebody. But if you're going out and going, Hey, we want to explore native, what's already working well on native that's in our niche. And does our offer look anything like that? And if it's not, you might have more barriers to entry to try to get an affiliate to test that. But if it's looking pretty good or if it's proven on Facebook and an affiliate's willing to test on native because of the data is good elsewhere, you can totally start having that conversation, right? And then it's really following up with them, kind of doing just good due diligence affiliate management, which again, I'll plug the Amber Spears um, podcast we did with her with some really good insights into that. But following up with them going, hey, what are you seeing on your side? Is this converting well? How's it performing compared to other offers you're sending to and similar you know, spend and things like that? And most people will be pretty candid because they want the offer to be better if it's not converting great because they'd rather keep scaling something that's working versus drawing and trying something from square one so it's having those conversations figuring out what you need to tweak and test actually executing quickly if you've got the dev resources to do it and kind of the copywriting resources to do it and really keep honing that offer out and the big thing too i'd say is if you're having a win with a specific affiliate who's starting to scale on a traffic source let them run with that for a bit and let them have maybe even exclusivity on that traffic source or to that page, right? Before you start rolling out things to that same traffic source to other affiliates. Yeah. Because that just hurts their performance and they've kind of helped you get to success. So I'd say let them run for it, run with it for a bit. If it's getting good traction there, build an exclusive deal with them in place, even if it's just for that page, and then start running other things out to other affiliates as you start to scale up. Yeah. And and kind of to close the loop that we talked about, that's exactly it, where optimization could actually be a benefit 
to a media buyer if you provide that exclusivity. Because yeah. I'm going to be able to go to a top affiliate and say they are native. And, you know, again, you you hit a big thing is it has to be within the realm of this could be possible, right? It's really hard to be like, well, this, I got one sale and I spent like, you know, $1,000 to get one sale. <laughs> like that's probably not something anybody wants to even work on. It's too far away. But if you've got something that's within the ballpark, you're successful on other channels somewhere, and it was good, but not great. Maybe it was average. Average isn't gonna get a media buyer excited, but if you then could talk to them and be like, listen, I wanna make this work. I know you're in this channel. Um, you know, I know we weren't, you can say, how did it go? And they're like, yeah. eh. And then you said, great, well, what can we do together to get it there. And I want you to know, I will give you 90 day exclusivity on any optimizations that work and we stick. Won't no other no. affiliates will have access to it. Now what you're getting is this partnership and collaboration that's super advantageous for that affiliate. They're gonna love it. They're gonna love the idea that they could run a unique funnel for them that no other affiliates will be able to touch. They could always, you know, out convert that, right? And out um, just better margins. We just talked to, you know, in a previous podcast, how margins are a big concern. Well, that, that's, that's gonna be huge when you could yeah. <laughs> lock in that exclusivity on that traffic channel. So that's where that becomes a huge lever to pull if you do it right and you're within the ballpark. But then how difference that can change your business too, right? You're going to instantly start to understand how a traffic channel that you don't have access to, your offer could work for it. Now, maybe it's not this offer, but I could go take out my other stuff and say, well, we learned all this stuff. Let's go and replicate this across our e-com stuff. And maybe we can now venture into, um, you know, native ads or whatever that traffic channel might be, TikTok, whatever it might be. It's yeah. just, it's this testing ground where if you engage with the affiliates, you have the right offer, you could open up a traffic channel with so much less risk and effort and time than, you know, going hiring an agency blind or going and trying to figure it out yourself. Um, so I think it's a really amazing thing where you're making money in the process um, of learning a traffic channel without having all the risk that you otherwise might have. Yeah, that's why I was first exposed to that exact strategy by media buyers, right? The media buyers would approach the offer owners and go, hey, this looks like something I can scale, but in order for me to put my dollars behind it and test it, which we're talking, you know, three to $10,000 in testing, just that that media buyer is going to invest in that, I need these things. And exactly what you're talking about. I need exclusivity on this traffic source, or at least to this page, and any improvements and tweaks we make to this page, I have access to for X period of time or until I stop running kind of thing. Yeah. And so the media buyer approaching that, because they know if they can unlock this traffic source for this offer, they can scale it and make a ton of money and both sides win there, but they just don't want their heels to get nipped at by smaller affiliates just ripping off what they're doing. Yeah. yeah. And, and I would tell people too, so sometimes you might feel a little bit nervous about the idea of exclusivity, and I get it. Outside marriage, that is kind of concerning in business, yeah. right? Like, um, but you know, it, it really understanding, I think what's really important is understanding what you do outside of having that exclusivity arrangement, right? So okay, you're not going to give me exclusivity. Are you going to go figure out that traffic channel? Are you going to go do the optimizations without any sort of assistance, right? So the exclusivity isn't a bad thing if they produce the numbers. So some things that you could do with that is like, you get exclusivity as long as we maintain yeah. X number of sales, right? That on a monthly basis, you're going to be bringing in this many front end sales. If you don't, we're not going to do this. So you could definitely build in fail safe those arrangements, but you definitely should not shy away um, from, from exclusivity, especially when it's in like a traffic source that you don't have access to. You don't, 
they're going to do something that you probably are so far away <laughs> from. Um, it, it's a totally okay thing to accept and, and run with. Yeah, we've both come across the exclusivity deals that are too tight, right? Where it's mm -hmm. like, oh, sorry, that affiliate can't run. This other guy's got exclusivity on YouTube. It's like, you aren't running on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah. oh, but they've got it on all paid traffic. It's like, all? Like, <laughs> yeah. It's like, what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's, that's one of those things. I, Amber does this so well, but... Yeah. Um, just in life, we don't ask the question enough. Mm -hmm. What happens if this doesn't work out? Yeah. Like what does failure look like and how could we all exit in a way that we're not going to be pissed or bring in lawyers? Right. Um, so, so that's a big piece So you could add, you know, and you should have that conversation It's great. I'll give you exclusivity if you give me something in return, which is traffic. Um, and, and again, I don't think that should be a problem for any media buyer. In fact, if they him and ha at that, you probably shouldn't be working with them. That would be a big concern. So unless they gave some very tangible reason, but I can't think without it. So, <laughs> um, so kind of to circle back on all this stuff, because uh, I know we covered a lot, but just to highlight some of the big benefits to why using affiliates through optimization mm -hmm. is so powerful. Like the first one is you're gonna understand so much better how to get cold audiences to convert. Just the mere process of being in this channel, you're gonna be better at cold acquisition than you were when you started. You're gonna be opened up to new channels and your current market, um, just new traffic channels that otherwise you wouldn't, especially if you're working with an affiliate and collaborating with them, you could end up finding your offer works on TikTok when you never even knew that it could or had any idea how you'd get started, right? Um, and then the final one, I think this is probably the best, is the performance marketing push and that whole drive towards uh, you know cold traffic is gonna allow all your other channels, your home base, to improve if you let it. You could pull all these really exciting, maybe more aggressive marketing um, acquisition strategies into your business and increase your conversions, your LTVs, your AOVs, all the acronyms that you could think <laughs> of that you want to hear people buzzing about. Um, those are all going to get better through this affiliate channel, which is so unique because no other channel does that, right? You go to Facebook. This is great on Facebook. It doesn't always translate over to a bunch of stuff. Mm -hmm. You go into TikTok. You go into YouTube. It's very specific to those channels. Affiliate stuff ends up working on a bunch of different channels. So it really is a marketing strategy that is going to raise your business as a whole. And so those are the, those are three, and there's even more, but those are three exciting things about optimizing. And we kind of talked about the different ways you could do that, as well as uh, there is, we're going to plug it again, the Amber Spears podcast is going to go into a lot of the testing that you need to do before you ever even get to this point. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, just amazing stuff. And I, I know it sounds like a pitch just to, you know, go ClickBank, but no, it's, it's not ClickBank, just go with affiliates, you know, wherever that works for your business, start opening up that affiliate channel um, in your business. And we have lots of other podcasts that talk how to do that if you're not sure. <laughs> so anything else you want to add, Thomas? No, I think we covered it pretty well here. I just say we always appreciate feedback. And if you can rate and review on iTunes or wherever else you're listening to this, it always helps us, especially if you've got content ideas or what you'd like to hear from us cover in the future podcast episodes or guests mm -hmm. you'd like us to have on. Um, we love that kind of stuff. So yeah. Do let us know if you enjoyed this or if you didn't too. I guess we can take some negative reviews. Yeah, I won't hate yeah it. negative reviews. <laughs> as long as they're not on things like um, Thomas looks too much like Seth Rogen or Kyle's <laughs> voice is too nasally. Like I try. I just, just, <laughs> it just is the way I am. I was born this way. So, um, and, and we did adjust. We're not talking about eating people anymore. So obviously we change well, we where we did, can. So <laughs> Anytime I could plug it in. <laughs> Great. Well, everyone, thanks so much for your time. Continue to listen to the podcast if you want to continue changing your business and your life. And we're happy to talk to you. Um, and we look forward to next time. Thank you. Bye.